Hello and welcome. You are listening to Dot Mill Docs, the Military Health System's weekly podcast. This is episode 74. It's September 3rd, 2009. I'm Russell Carlson, and on the program this week, we're talking H1N1 flu, that is novel H1N1 influenza, also known as the swine flu. What is it? Why is it different from seasonal flu? And how can we protect ourselves from it? And is it really a swine flu? Can you get it from a pig? We have an expert with us today to give us the answer. He's Captain George McKenna, M.D. of the U.S. Navy. He's Force Health Protection Officer for the Joint Task Force National Capital Region Medical. Captain McKenna, welcome to Dot Mill Docs. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you on the program. Let's get right to it. What is this H1N1 flu? Well, it's uh, another form of influenza virus. And as you probably, if, if you've been watching the press, know that it first appeared in San Diego in the United States back in April. And uh, it was, it's a new virus. It's not the same as the seasonal influenza viruses that we have been seeing. And it was initially called swine flu because some of its genes uh, originated from swine or from pigs. But at closer look at it, um, it actually has some genes that also come from birds and from humans. So it's not accurate to call it a swine flu? It's not, no. Can anybody get the virus from eating or preparing a pork product? No, actually, uh, that's a good question. No, they, they cannot get it from eating pork. Uh, it's spread, we believe, just like any other uh, influenza virus, uh, which is really spread from human to human uh, through either uh, coughing or sneezing. Uh, or maybe shaking hands with someone who is infected are ways that it can be uh, transferred. How long can the virus last on an ordinary surface? That's a good question. It it can actually uh, last for maybe six to eight hours on like a doorknob or something like that. And so that's why it's really encouraged uh, that people should, if they do have to cough or sneeze, it's preferable to cough or sneeze into a um, handkerchief or a... uh, some kind of napkin, and wash their hands anytime they have to either cough or sneeze into their hands is another way to prevent it from spreading. And are the symptoms of H1N1 just typical flu symptoms? Yes, they are. The the symptoms are are very similar to the flu. Uh, Typically, it can be a sore throat. Um, It can be cough can be some nasal congestion, uh, usually has a fever associated with it as well. And uh, in addition to that, um, and we see a little bit more in young and children in particular, it can also present with, like, diarrhea. Is it much worse than typical, like, seasonal flu? Well, it isn't uh, really. In terms of its severity, it's not so much that it's more severe than seasonal flu at this point. Um, There is the potential it could get much more severe uh, with time. But but the main thing is is that it is a brand-new virus, influenza virus, that people just have not been exposed to. And because of that, it, it seems to be affecting different populations than typical seasonal flu does. Seasonal flu, typically the elderly are one of the higher risk groups that we're concerned with. And and with this uh, new uh, H1N1 uh, influenza flu, it seems to be affecting young people that typically uh, do pretty well against the flu. So that's a little bit concerning, and that's something that 
has been seen in past pandemic influenzas that we've had in the last oh, century. And that's because people haven't built up an immune. They ha- they don't have an immunity. They don't have the antibodies. That's correct. They have um, no antibodies to this. At least the younger age groups have no antibodies. It's kind of interesting that uh, perhaps people up in oh, 65 or older mm-hmm. do seem to have maybe some immunity to this, which may mean that at some point in the past, either some of this virus is, um, oh, we'll call them the antigens or the, the, the triggers that trigger an immune system, that maybe those groups had been exposed to it. But for our younger people, you're right. It's a brand-new virus that uh, they haven't seen before. I had, I had read somewhere that maybe H1N1 bore resemblance to the flu of 1918. Well, it has some resemblance to the flu of 1918 in the sense that it, too, is, uh, seems to affect younger people than uh, the typical seasonal influenza. But the, the pandemic of 1918 was extremely severe. The, the influenza virus um, had a very high... Uh, risk of this death with that, uh-huh. and we're not seeing that with this at this point. So, I think a lot of people uh, in public health are very are concerned, and and we're trying to be as proactive and as we can to prevent any severe outbreak of this. Uh, so, by no means should people out there think that this is going to be like the 1918 pandemic. And so, you talk about prevention. What are the measures that a person can take? to prevent the spread of the illness? Well, I think a couple of things that people can do to prevent the spread of the illness is that um, if, is to try to stay away from people who may be sick Sure, is one thing that you can do. Um, and typically, how far away? Well, we think that maybe uh, it can spread within six feet. So if someone coughing or sneezing, if you're more than six feet away, that probably is a good idea. Um, that's one thing. Again, um, Try not to try to avoid touching your eyes or nose or mouth uh, with your hands, especially if you've touched doorknobs or um, things that commonly people may hold on to. For example, in a subway, uh, those kinds of things. And you know, washing your hands uh, frequently is another measure that can help prevent it. And of course, uh, another biggie is to get the uh, H1N1 vaccine. Okay, now let's say I have flu symptoms and I think it might be H1N1. What should I do? Should I stay home? Should I go see a doctor? Um, What should I do? Well, I think the question of when, how long you should stay home before you see a doctor is a little bit of a judgment call. Uh, I think, you know, probably everyone has been sick before with a fever and you don't necessarily have to go see a doctor anytime that might happen. However, I think if you are in certain higher risk groups, then you probably, even in those, you're, you're not feeling that bad, you probably want to call your doctor uh, anyway. And, and some of those higher risk groups would be uh, pregnant women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say if, you have, if it's a child, uh, perhaps someone who's 24 years of age or younger even, um, or someone that has chronic medical conditions such as diabetes or or asthma, would probably want to call either way. Um, But if you're starting to feel pretty ill, uh, it certainly is uh, by no means wrong to call your primary care doctor and find out what you should do. In terms of how long you should stay home, uh, there is um, 
for most people who are not in the healthcare uh, delivery business, sure. for those people, they should uh, stay home until um, they have not had a fever for 24 hours. And like you said, getting the vaccine for H1N1 is the best way to protect yourself. We'll talk about that in just a couple minutes. We're going to take a quick pause now for the health beat news from the military health system. And when we come back, we'll talk with Captain George McKenna about the H1N1 vaccine. Dot Mel Docs Health Beat. The military health system recognizes September as Suicide Prevention Month. Throughout the month, we will work to educate service members, peers, family members, co-workers, friends, and the general public on how to recognize the signs of suicide, where to access care and treatment, and how to intervene. Suicide prevention resources and information are available at health.mil slash suicide prevention. And speaking of suicide prevention, the Marine Corps is rolling out additional training in this area. A new course called Never Leave a Marine Behind will teach every non-commissioned officer in the Marine Corps and greenside sailors more effective ways of understanding and aiding troubled Marines and how to recognize the signs of a potentially suicidal Marine. The Marine Corps had 41 confirmed suicides and approximately 150 suicide attempts in 2008. Finally, some of you might assume that an experienced trauma surgeon might be better at their job over a novice. However, a new study published in the Archives of Surgery found that a trauma surgeon's level of experience does not necessarily make a difference on a patient's likelihood of survival. Rather, it's the overall system of care that's in place, one that treats patients in the same way with evidence-based guidelines that is what's more important. And that's your Dot Mill Docs Health Beat. For the Military Health System, I'm Matt Bader. We are back, Dot Mill Docs, talking about H1N1 influenza with Captain George McKenna of JTF Cap Med. Captain McKenna, I understand that there is a vaccine for H1N1 in the works. Why is that? Well, that is probably the best measure we have to prevent influenza and um, is, to, is to have a vaccine. And it's important for people to realize that uh, influenza can be deadly, that probably every year with seasonal influenza we have maybe 36,000 people die mm. in the United States. So it is a, it's something you really have to take seriously, and uh, the vaccine is something that can prevent it. Well, is there a vaccine available? There is a vaccine in development right now. It's being tested for safety and for its effectiveness. Uh, there's actually five uh, manufacturers that are producing it. And right now we believe the vaccine will probably become available sometime in October. In October. Um, and how about for a seasonal flu vaccine? The seasonal flu vaccine actually uh, is just now becoming available. In fact, here at the uh, JTF CapMed at all of our military treatment facilities, our, vac our seasonal flu vaccine program will begin tomorrow. So does the seasonal vaccine protect against novel H1N1? It probably does not because it's actually geared towards different um, antibodies or, or different antigens, I should say, to um, seasonal flu than the H1N1. So, you need, so, you, so there are different kinds of flu, and so you need to get both. Yes, you definitely should get both. And probably should get your seasonal now so that uh, that's, because once you have the vaccine, it takes a few days for it actually to really build up immune immunity in your system. So 
So it's a good idea people get their seasonal flu now, and then hopefully uh, come October they can get their H1N1. If they didn't get their seasonal flu vaccine now and they waited and H1N1 was also available, could they get them at the same time? I think the answer to that question is not uh, definitive at this point, but it looks like it will probably be safe to get both of those vaccines together. Okay. Um, Now, would a person be at any advantage if they got more than one dose of H1N1 vaccine? Right now, the way it is looking, because this is a new virus, that probably people need to get two H1N1 vaccines between 21 and 28 days apart. So you do recommend getting two? Yes. So really what we're talking about for people this year for protection against flu is a total of three shots, one for seasonal flu and then a series of two shots for the H1N1. Okay. Um, All right. Well, where can people get it, specifically DOD beneficiaries, active duty? In terms of the H1N1 virus, it's a little bit different in terms of the vaccine compared to a seasonal mm-hmm. vaccine. Usually for the seasonal flu vaccine, like most other vaccines, the DOD will have the supply not only for our active duty members, but also for our beneficiaries, our dependents, our retirees. With the novel H1N1, they're actually going to be from two different stockpiles. So there will be, uh, the, the DOD has purchased H1N1 vaccine for our active duty personnel. In addition to that, the allotment for our dependents and our retirees actually is going to come through state channels. But we're still working out some of the details, but right now the way it looks for our beneficiaries in DOD, you will be able to get your H1 vaccine at uh, military treatment facilities. At your MTFs. At your MTFs. But I would suspect that a beneficiary should check with the specific MTF that services them. Yes, they should. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Are the same priority groups of people who get seasonal flu vaccine the same types of people who need to get the novel H1N1 vaccination? A very good question. Again, the the answer to the question is no, that... Right now, there are certain groups that are being targeted first for H1N1, and they're they're because it seems to affect that younger crowd that I spoke of earlier. Sure. So the, the the groups that should be targeted first are pregnant women, uh, people who live or care for children that are younger than six months of age, healthcare and emergency uh, medical personnel, persons uh, between the ages of six months and 24 years of age and then people that are between age 25 and 64 that have some chronic health issues. What kind of chronic health issues? Again, it would be uh, things like uh, could be heart disease, could be lung diseases such as asthma uh, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, could be diabetes. Those would be considered chronic medical conditions. Do you think there's going to be any trouble or do you foresee any trouble with um, the available quantities of the vaccine? Uh, Last week I was at a meeting of the Department of Defense, and it really sounds to me like uh, we're probably going to have a sufficient amount come October that perhaps we will not even have to use priority groups. But just in case we do, we we wanted to kind of make sure everyone understands why 
we would have to perhaps have these targeted groups first if if the vaccine kind of you know comes along more slowly than we're anticipating sure that makes sense um all right, so let's just talk briefly specifically about uh, JTF CapMed and what measures that JTF CapMed has taken to pre- prepare and protect DOD patients from flu illness this flu season. Well, like I said earlier, we have started our seasonal flu campaign uh, as of tomorrow. It will begin, and so our, our population um, can go to any of our military treatment facilities in those several state area mm-hmm. and get their flu vaccine, which we'd recommend you do that soon as opposed to later. Sure. In addition to that, we have worked very closely with our local counties and our states, District of Columbia, to ensure that uh, we will be able to get vaccine uh, through them to be uh, given to our patient populations in our military treatment facilities. We also have come up with a couple of joint uh, vaccination teams which we plan to send out to uh, various locations that um, within the national capital area where we may not have a military treatment facility close by. Oh, really? A, a fairly big aggregate of active duty members that we can vaccinate them on site. And this, these teams also potentially could be a contingency if, if for at some point uh, we were asked by higher authority at JTF CapMed to assist uh, our civilian colleagues and vaccinating the public oh that's great um is there anything else that you want to talk about regarding h1n1 or jtf cat med today well i think uh this jtf cat med is um something that people maybe have not heard about because we've only been in existence for two years right uh the deputy secretary of defense formed us back in september of 07 Joint Task Force National Capital Region Medical is quite a bit to say, and so we've cut that down to JTF CapMed, and people seem to understand that a little bit better. But our mission here is actually um, threefold. One is we're responsible for healthcare delivery for not only uh, Washington, D.C. and the surrounding suburbs, but also for uh, the states of Pennsylvania, and part, part of West Virginia, and part of uh, New Jersey as well. And we also are the uh, medical expertise that the joint, uh, the JTF National Capital Region, which is a uh, line command here in the National Capital Area. We're, we're kind of their medical support and medical expertise for things such as uh, what to do uh, with H1N1. And so, I mean, the scope of JTF CapMed, gosh, it, it includes uh, the Naval Medical Center in Bethesda and also uh, Walter Reed Army Medical Center, Fort Belvoir, um, all those places. It does, and, and we're also responsible for the formation or of the building the new Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, which will be here on the grounds of the Bethesda Naval Hospital campus. Uh, can you remind people when that's slated to open? Uh, it's slated to open by September of 2011. And is that Joint Navy Army? It is going to be, those are going to be, excuse me, the uh, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center will be a joint staffed hospital. It will have Army, Air Force, and Navy okay. uh, people working. It will be a, a joint command, as will the new hospital uh, being built on the grounds of Fort Belvoir. 
All right. Well, uh, Captain McKenna, thank you so much for being our guest today on Dot Mill Docs and talking with us about H1M1, influenza, and JTF CapMed. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Well, that just about does it for this edition of Dot Mill Docs. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week talking about seasonal flu and H1N1. The story continues with Lieutenant Colonel Patrick Garman. He's Deputy Director for Scientific Affairs at the Military Vaccine Agency, otherwise known as MILVAX. And he'll be talking about the vaccination program for 2009 and 2010. You can learn more about H1N1 at the DOD Pandemic Influenza Watch Board. It's linked from health.mil. Just look in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. Thanks for listening. Until next week, keep your hands clean. This program is a product of the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs, Military Health System. .mil Docs features the most relevant military health topics important to you and your family. If you have questions or topics you'd like to see on an upcoming episode, send us an email at dotmildocs at tma.osd.mil. That's D-O-T-M-I-L-D-O-C-S at tma.osd.mil. Visit health.mil for more episodes.